0: Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the EFES podcast. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to subscribe to the show on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: All right. Uh, welcome, everybody, to the FS Nation podcast. Chase Yurick here, episode number 10. Uh, it's amazing we've made it this far without uh, the wheels falling off. But we are moving along and joining doing each and every one of these. Uh, we've got another special guest on with us. A uh, top producer in the past, he could still get out there and get after it, but agency manager, mentor extraordinaire out in Mississippi, none other than Ron Reed. Ron, thanks for jumping on and joining me today, buddy. Thanks for having me, Chase. Yeah, uh, You really know how to talk somebody up, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, you make it easy. You make it easy for all the listeners that are listening in with us. Um, I have the pleasure and the luxury of working with Ron uh, on a daily basis. It's a lot of fun. Uh, we're going to jump into a few different topics today. So we're going to kind of have a little bit of a melting pot, a little hodgepodge for you in terms of topics. But first, I want to introduce you to Ron. I'm going to get to uh, have him open up a little bit about where he started in the business, where he got going. And then we're going to go into a few different areas that will hopefully prov- really provide insight and some some knowledge for you guys that are out there listening in that you can put into application today in your business. So with that being said, we've set the table. Let's find out for our audience who Ron Reed is. Ron, how long you've been in the business? Where'd you get started? What were you doing? What was your focus? Tell us a little bit about you.
0: Sure, absolutely. So Chase, I've been in the business for a uh, for about 16 years now, um, going on 17 and um, I started, I got licensed in 2006. And um, at the time I was in the car business and, uh, and we, you know, you don't take a Saturday off in the car business, not if you want to be successful. Um, that's really where I learned to grind. Um, because, uh, you're, you're there from Candle Cain and, uh, you, you, you can do well in the car business. There's no doubt, but it takes a lot of your efforts, energy, and time. Um, but I'm, but I'm thankful for that experience because, um, it helped me as I came into this business, a better closure. Um, I would say it's probably the greatest effect that it had on me. Um, you know, meeting with people, it's easy to go through the presentation um, and, and follow steps like a recorded step that somebody gives you. Um, but actually, you know, putting emotion behind it. And when it gets to the end, actually getting the commitment, you know, I think that really uh, um, kind of gave me a, a leg up, so to speak, uh, coming into the industry. Um, so I started out on a program that had uh, free leads uh, way back in the day. Um, dabbled a little bit in Medicare, uh, then 2008 hit and, uh, a lot of regulations came down. And, um, anyway, that was, uh, you know, probably not one of the best decisions of my career, but, uh, you know, I, I got back into, uh, the life insurance side of things and focused on that for several years. And, um, Recently, over the past uh, few years, I've actually uh, went back and, and embraced the more holistic approach um, of, you know, doing life insurance, Medicare, annuities. Um, you know, if, if you're going to be in the home with somebody, and, and, I, and, and I teach my people to do that as well. Um, if you're going to be in the home with somebody, be able to cover all their needs uh, rather than one. Um, covers it, it helps out in a lot of areas. Uh, one being persistency. Um, if you're, you know, if you've got more than one policy in a house, um, more than one product in a house, um, now there you're there, you are a guy, right? Um, so as an overview, I'm not going to try to break down, uh, every step of, uh, 16, 17 year long years along the way, but, um, it's been a fun ride.
1: It's been a wild ride. And that's just kind of a, a quick overview there, Chase. Yep. And, and your expertise level shines through as one of our speakers on the morning call, Um, you can take a look at the roster of agents that you work with and how you pour into them and the success ratio that you have, uh, with a new agent coming in and how you're able to really help them get going. That speaks for itself. Uh, we won't beat the audience down today too much with the holistic approach, but it's going to be ingrained in pretty much every one of the podcasts we do because of how powerful and how impactful it's been for our business. Kind of seeing the light years ago for the audience. If you don't remember, you didn't listen to earlier episodes you know, FS started back in 2005. We've been doing final expenses, our main focus for years. And a few years ago, we decided, hey, what are we doing here? And I'll give Brandon Clay, Scotty Elliott, Mike Vitry, um, you know, a lot of the AmeriLife team talking about this, you know, holistic, organic, holistic, organic. And I was at a principal's meeting and it just hit me right between the eyes like a like a ton of bricks. I was like, oh, my goodness, we've been doing this, serving seniors for so long. How have we not been involved in Medicare And as Brandon Clay says, peanut butter and jelly, they go hand in hand with each other. And when uh, you have somebody who can put it together so eloquently and explain it to to agents and and as well as leadership, uh, it is an absolute no-brainer. So I'll throw out at the beginning of the podcast, if you're listening in uh, and you are currently selling life insurance at a high level or you're just getting started, if you need guidance, not looking to recruit anybody, but we're looking to help a whole lot of people. If you'd like to learn more about how to get involved in Medicare, we have the training, we've got the support and the mentorship, we'd be more than happy to help you. But Ron, I want to go into first, as we learned a little bit about you, I want to talk about some of the things that can help agents in the field right now, alleviate, sidestep, maybe just completely whiff on areas that are going to help them fail out of the business. So let's start off. I'm not going to put a five or a 10 piece on you here, but do you mind sharing with us some of your thoughts on what are some of the reasons why agents typically fail out of this business? Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, there's a few
0: and, um, you know, Chase, first off, I want to apologize if there's any background noise, guys, I- I'm coming to you live from the house today. Uh, we're, we're sitting on the back porch and if you see me glancing away, I'm kind of, uh, I'm looking over there at the pool of it and it looks like it's hot down here in Mississippi, I tell you. Um, so if you hear my neighbors running the, you know, the, the weed eaters, the lawnmowers, whatever the case may be, I'll apologize for that in advance. <laughs> uh, but. Uh, so, yeah, there's a lot of things that can cause agents to to fail um, and, you know, that, that the, the number is supposedly 8%, you know, 8% succeed. Well, there's 92% out there that get licensed that don't make it. Um, and I, I know deep down inside that that number could be a lot better um, if, you know, for many reasons, um, you know, it shouldn't be 92%. And I think here's some of those reasons. All right. Number one, I want to start with, um, consistency in your work schedule, right? Um, so many people think, oh, well, I'm going to get licensed and you know, this is, I don't have a clock to punch. I don't have to be at work at a certain time. So I'm going to do this in my spare time. I'm going to do this on the weekends. Um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to do it, uh, on my days off guys it can work. Um, but most of the people I've seen try that have, have, have failed. Okay. Um, you've got to go all in. Um, you've got to commit to the career. Um, you know, don't look, this is a, uh, a part-time gig. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do this a little bit on the side until I can get proficient at it. Yes, that works, but the best way is to burn the bridges and go all in, um, to work e- work ethic. <laughs> um, work ethic is huge. Um, again, you're not punching a clock. I'm, Anybody I work with, they will tell you that I'm not going to tell them to go to work, right? I will train them. I will help them. I will support them. It, my phone is on any time of the day. Um, literally, I've gotten calls and, and I get the look from my wife. Sometimes it's, you know, 10, 1030 at night and I get those calls and shit. <laughs> but, but the phone's on any time, you know, to support. Um, but it takes work ethic. Um, you got to be able to... Um, be a self-starter, and um, and 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 make yourself go to work rather than someone else making you go to work. So you got to have work ethic. Um, you got to be a hustler. Um, this this business is is easy, but it's hard, right? Um, it, it's been done the same way with minor variations for way longer than I've been in the business, right? Um, so for more than twenty plus years, um, it works. The system works right um but you've got to have that drive inside of you um to make you want more to make you desire more to make you work harder without someone telling you to go to work okay because that's what we're not going to do um so work ethic um wow well, chase I, I would say being plugged into a good program as well there's a lot of programs out there um that overpromise and under deliver um there's a lot of hype programs out there that you know Uh, They're going to sell you the million-dollar dream. You're going to make a million dollars in your first three years. And, you know, guys, and I'm not saying you can't do that. It can be done. Um, But getting plugged into one of those systems that it's more about the hype and the often, or they're going to, uh, um, you know, offer you some 140% contract and, you know, getting into all those things, um, and then when you check your numbers, it's not actually what you were promised. Um, you know, getting into all those things, those systems that that have leads that are that are either resold or recycled, or or they say, oh, I'm going to give you free leads. Well, they cut your comp to give you that free lead, and then it's not a fresh lead. You're, you're working behind someone else. Um, so getting plugged into the right system um, is another, and I, and I would say picking a market to focus on. In the beginning, um, of course, with us, it's the senior market, uh, which is final expense, Medicare, and annuities. Uh, But even using that, for example, I don't recommend a new agent uh, come in and try to be a jack of all trades, even within that one market. Um, Pick one. Pick what you can do and, and do well and learn it well and become a master of that craft then add in the next, whether you start with final expense and implement Medicare or start with Medicare and then implement final expense, whatever that case may be, Uh, pick an area of focus and get really good at that um, before you add in others. Um, So pick a good market, make sure you got good training, support, mentorship in the market you choose. Um, Make sure you lead support, Um, I I would not recommend starting with one of the programs that, you know, calls on your friends and family and there is no lead support, right? Um, you need to see people to be successful and there's only so many friends and family members out there willing to listen about insurance, right? Yeah, I'm going to,
1: I'm going to throw one thing in there. Ron, I'm going to throw one thing in there that you've touched on and you've taught, uh, quite a few people. And I think this is a big thing and you're so good at it. That money management aspect that you've taught about has been so good, so good. And it's saved, I believe, quite a few agents from, you know, going out, becoming successful, writing business, but not successfully at running their business and, and managing their finances. Do you mind touching on that a little bit? Absolutely, and that's—I'd pause to give it back to you, um, uh, but that's why I was about
0: to try and take it back because that was one thing I did want to touch on. Actually, that was the first thought that popped into my head, and then the salesperson took over and I started rambling. Right, <laughs> but yeah, so money management is so important. Um, and gosh, I, I hate to do this, but I, I'm gonna—you got to tell the good with the bad, I believe, Chase. And I'm gonna share one of the one of the not so great moments in my life in my career. And it was early on, and it's got to do with money management. So it' fitting. Uh, anyway, when I first started, the first three months in this business, and this was in 2006, um, I made about thirty five thousand dollars in my first three months. It was great. Um, you know, um, it, I, I'm not going to get too deep into my history, but if you knew me, you would think this guy's never going to make it, right? Um, he, he's going to be a troublemaker all his life. And, uh, you know, I made that kind of money in the first three months. I'm like, man, this is three months. This is great. It's going to keep going this way, you know? And so I went out and bought a new boat, um, had a new truck, but I wasn't too crazy about that truck. I found one I like better. So I went and bought another one. So now we've got two new trucks, a new boat, um, you know, a lot of debt there and, uh, some things changed and, uh, some chargebacks hit. And nobody taught me money management in the beginning and um that was i almost uh did not almost failed out um i was very close to saying like th- this i can't do this this is it like i know i can do this but financially I, I don't see us getting out of this hole um thankfully uh by the grace of god we we did get out of that hole and and we're still here to talk about it business later on but money management very important. Um, it can make or break you and it does a lot of people. What I would say is in the beginning, uh, most people say put back 20%. I don't even want to put a percentage on it. Okay. Um, and, and this has been taught by others. Um, you know, it's something that, that I learned a little too late in my career, but thankfully I, I learned it. Um, early on, you don't really need an llc or to focus on forming a corporation there's so many moving parts in this business that you can get bogged down in that do not generate you income right creating an llc once you reach a certain income level can save you a lot of money in taxes but it doesn't make you any money right um so in the beginning you want to focus on productivity um and making money but money management. In the beginning, you don't need to be worried about setting up LLCs and getting those licensed and contracted. You can keep it simple. Open up a bank account, a personal account, because the carriers, of course, they won't let you uh, deposit funds into a business account unless your business is licensed. And again, you don't want to get into that in the beginning. Uh, But money management, open up a, a, a separate account. As soon as you start immediately and have all your commissions directed towards that account. Whatever job, whatever income you've had, continue to live on that income. Okay. Well, here's what I mean by that. You've been getting a check, or most people, when you come into the industry, new, which is mainly who I guess we're speaking to right now. Um, when you come into the industry new, you've been making, let's say, seven hundred, eight hundred, dollars thousand dollars a week, right? Well, now let's say you made four or five thousand dollars in a week. Okay. Well. We're humans. We tend to live at our means and a lot of live above their means. But, um, you know, we want to live within our means, especially early on in your career. Um, open up an account, direct all your commissions to it and pay yourself weekly out of that. Uh, the same thing you've been making, right? What's the worst thing that happens? Money piles up in this other account. You get ready to take a big vacation. There's money there. But the main thing is chargebacks are going to come. In the beginning, you'll probably be making more money than you've ever made in your life. Um, chargebacks are going to come. It is a, I mean, it's just a, it's a part of the business. It's going to happen. Um, leads are going to slow down. They're not a guarantee. Uh, the only constant thing in this industry is change. Um, so leads will slow down. You're going to run into challenges along the way. Um, and proper money management, setting that money aside, paying yourself a salary. And as you grow, like set benchmarks. Once you have $15,000 in that business account and you're comfortably paying your expenses and let's say your salary has been $1,000 a week, raise it to $1,250, okay? But, but set those goals along the way. You know what your financial goals are. Live within your means and, and make sure you're not spending everything you make because I can tell you from firsthand experience, it will run you out of the business.
1: Well said, uh, you you pretty much hit it. And, and for the listeners that are listening in, if you're probably gonna wanna go back and rewind that and listen to that one again, because there's a few really solid nuggets in there. You know, there's. It, it's sad to see, but there's a lot of people that, with failed money management, maybe they're pushed to sell a certain product. Maybe they're told to buy X amount of leads. Um, they're just not ready they're not organized enough but then when they do actually go and make sales they don't know what to do with the money because all of us had a starting point in this industry to where this you know the the opportunity to make x amount of dollars it's eye opening i mean i'm going to tell you right now i've got a 19 year old who right now you know when he was in high school worked at kohl's and was getting paid x amount of dollars an hour he goes out, gets into the business, starts making sales, and he's immediately like, man, I can do this. I can do that. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Remember the training, money management. Uh, (laughs) Yes, you have that money, but that doesn't mean you got that money to spend. So uh, it's so important. It's so important. This one, this topic is almost as important on how to make sales. Um, But I want to kind of navigate. I hope you guys listening in, go back and listen to that part that Ron just touched on. Money management, super important. The next topic I want to talk about is revenue generating focus. And this is something you've taught on. You've done a great job with it over the years. As human beings, we can naturally just tend to get distracted. Um, It's easy, particularly with these little devices that we have nowadays where uh, there's so much entertainment, so much to do. We find ourselves, Ron, and I'm kind of teeing us up for this because we just taught on this earlier this week, but there's so much that we can get distracted by. There's not just not just work-related or non-work-related items, but there's also work-related items that we will subconsciously get ourselves to get distracted by because maybe we got beat up, maybe we got told no a few times, knocked on some doors, nobody's there. So we'll then turn to, let me play with my email or let me go look on this website, this carrier website. Let's talk about revenue-generating focus. Um, Hit us with something on this. Absolutely. Well, first off... um,
0: Revenue generating focus. Well, let me ask you a question uh, and not you, Chase, but let me just ask in general, guys. Um, if you're sitting in front of a computer screen, creating your website, uh, setting up social media accounts, uh, creating your social media account to drive traffic to your website, right? Are those revenue generating items? generate revenue, but not now, not in the immediate. The way you generate revenue is you sit face to face with somebody or you're on the phone with somebody talking to a, potent, a prospect about insurance, right? That's going to generate revenue now. Um, so many agents, I think, get distracted on the uh, the shiny objects, you know, out in front of them um, you know, such as they see on a lot of the Facebook groups. Oh, I've created this ad, that ad. And, you know, if you, if you ask those people to show you their deposits, I would venture to say n- more than 90% of them are not making money. The things that put money in your bank are writing policies and getting, you know, again, and I, I don't, I don't mean to plug getting plugged into a program like ours, but um, getting plugged into a program that puts you in front of people, that's how you're generating revenue. Okay. Um, so, especially early on in your career, um, until you've got your 10th, 11th, and 12th month uh, first year commissions rolling in, um, you know, maybe after a year or so when you got some renewals rolling in, um, you know, then if you want to start trying to, you know, brand and create your own thing. Great. Um, but the first 90 days are really the most critical and, um, but revenue generating items, I would say, Chase, it's so easy to get distracted on these other things that we think are going to generate us income. We're not sure they probably will. And they could, and they can, you know, I've seen it work, um, maintain focus on your day to day. And, and that needs to come from a set schedule, right? Uh, And it goes back to work ethic earlier that we were talking about, um, you know, let's what always worked for me was call on Monday, um, you know, and I've got appointments set for Tuesday and I'm out in the field all day Tuesday. And if I had time Monday afternoon, I'm out door knocking again. It doesn't take a whole day, a dial day, as people call it in the industry. Oh, today's my dial day. Really? Why does it take a whole day to dial these? Come on. man. So, um, you know, uh, take a set schedule, um, Monday's your dial day or half day. And in the afternoon you're out door knocking Tuesday, you're out running those appointments you set for Monday. Um, and then you rinse and repeat that for Wednesday. Um, while you're out Tuesday, seeing people, um, you know, if, if you, let's say you have a no show, well, you've already got your leads and you've got them into a route planner or you should have, right. Uh, if you don't have a route planner, um, You know, I have no allegiance whatsoever. Road Warrior and Route for me are probably the two most popular. I use Route for me um, when I'm out in the field. Um, But, um, you know, on Tuesday, let's say you have a no-show. Well, what do you do? Do you pull over and you work on your website or you scroll social media or, um, you know, I've got 30 minutes to kill. There's no way I can... knock on somebody's door, sit down, present them and make it to my next appointment. Um, so I'm just gonna pull over in the parking lot and, and, and text my girlfriend or, you know, those are the things that will, that will kill you quickly in this industry, um, those distractions. And, and I'm guilty of that. Uh, you know, one of my biggest distractions and I don't apologize for it. And thankfully I've been in it long enough that, that I can uh, afford the distraction, um, but it's my family. Um, and I know that, and um, and it and it does uh, hold me back a little bit, but that's okay. Again, I don't apologize for it. You know, uh, enjoy being at those games. So, guys, again, when we're saying focus on revenue generating items during revenue generating time, okay, we're not saying you can't be a family man and do this. Okay, you can, but you've got to prioritize your time. Um, If you get a no-show, what are you doing with that downtime? You should have no idle time at all whatsoever when you're in the field. It should be running and gunning from 9 a.m. till, I mean, 7, 8 p.m. And that's not for everybody. And not everybody is extremely successful in this industry. Um, So Chase, I would say as far as focusing on revenue generating items, um, I think it's about time management and and a consistent work schedule week in and week out.
1: I'm going to add one word into what you just said, because you just encapsulated the entire message with this word, which is baked in discipline in your business. You have to have discipline. You made a decision to become an entrepreneur. Well, to be an entrepreneur, you removed the comfort of having a, a paycheck every week, every two weeks. So that replacement of getting rid of that, that paycheck to then be able to remove a ceiling, to have higher upside the thing that has to be baked in is discipline. And there's a lot of really talented people in our business who sometimes get good advice, sometimes they get bad bad advice, but nonetheless, regardless of the advice, if they don't have discipline, they're going to fail. Or at at best, if they don't have discipline, they're going to limit their opportunity to earn. And so we want to make sure you have discipline baked into your day-to-day in in terms of your decision-making, um, and then also with your time management, as Ron mentioned, uh, if you're listening in right now, if you're out there right now and you can kind of take a look, we call it a check up from the neck up. If you can look in the mirror and you can say, I'm somebody right now that struggles with this, your mentor should be able to help you say, okay, great. You've identified it. Now let's address these items here and let's clean it up. If you're out there struggling with discipline right now, take a deep breath. It's fixable. Uh, it is fixable. It's never too far gone. It is fixable, but you have to be disciplined every day, win that day by being disciplined, and then those those wins will turn into big victories. So I love that topic, Ron. Now I'm going to address something. I don't want to be controversial, but I'm going to go ahead and say this. I want to talk about what's out in the marketplace. I want to talk about these some of the things that get said in our business. So for those that are listening in, probably should have started off with this because if they didn't stay on and listen all the way in, they're probably going to miss it. But I don't want to get too controversial, but I'm going to say it. There's a lot of stuff out there. I want to help agents in the marketplace listening to this identify baloney from the onset. You mentioned Facebook. I mentioned social media. Um, If you get an email blast, I want to talk about this. We have the largest comp in the industry. I want to talk about free lead programs because we have a free lead program, but we're about as transparent Mm -hmm. as it gets on how it works. So, Ron, I want to start off with, If you're out there looking to get into the Medicare space or you're looking to get into the final expense space, whatever market, some of these things, some of these fugazes that are out there, as they would say, these fake offerings, what I know for me, it is, I laugh at it, but then I catch myself and it's like, what, you're laughing at it. Some person is going to see that and fall for that. Don't laugh about it. So let's kind of kill some of these off real quick. I'm going to start off with number one, and I'm not faulting anybody for their business model, everybody's different, but I'm just going to go ahead for the new agent out there, the person that may be involved in this. Highest comp in the industry. IMO, for the most part, all have the same commission levels for the most part. So to be able to say you have the highest comp in the industry and then come to find out, you actually are 15 points less, you're 20 points less, you're 10 points less. I don't want to talk over this. Go ahead.
0: Yeah. So, Chase, you're absolutely right. Um, so and to be totally transparent and may step on some toes here because uh, a, a lot of organizations, you know, and, and, and thankfully, you know, that's one thing I will say about Ephesus. Um, When when I decided to partner with you guys a few years back, um, that was one of the, the transparency. Uh, then up until now has been one of the most refreshing, eye opening things. Um, so, um, I would, you know, I would say even step on Ephesus toes a little bit, but, uh, thankfully, uh, the transparency is already there. Um, highest company industry. And I like where you're going with this. Like you, you throw highest company, all these things that we see out there and hear out there, um, throw them at me one by one and, and, and we'll, we'll run with them. Um, so highest company industry look guys, the way insurance is set up, you have IMOs, FMOs, you have that top level that's direct to the carrier, right? That there's not a lot of organizations that have direct to carrier contracts for IMO levels. Okay. That's called an, it stands for insurance marketing organization. Um, and guys, when they say they have the top levels, when you have a direct contract, you have it. Now it is production based, okay? Um, and once you get over a certain commission level, um, you know when you get into the upper one twenties, you have to just justify production to the carriers in order to get those levels, right? So when someone promises you, "Oh, we've got the top comp in the industry," if they're an amo and they're direct to the carrier. Guess what? They've got the same levels that every other IMO has that is direct to the carrier. So for someone to say they have the, and typically anytime you hear a superlative like that, not only in this industry, but in life, if it's the best, if it's the greatest, if it's the highest, industry typically that's almost always when superlatives like that are used or smoke and mirrors. So uh, did I kind of uh, unpack that enough, Chase? Or should we go more with that one? Or you want to go next?
1: No, you did, and I'm going to add on top of it. Knowing your commission schedules, agents out there right now, if you want to kill the 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 fear of or the uncertainty right now after hearing this, well, I'm with a company that says they have the highest comp in the world. Go look at your commission schedule. Do each carrier's each one of them does the compensation consistently flow across the board? Now there's gonna be one or two that are price busters or guaranteed issue that are gonna be less, but then also you've got your consistent group of companies that are gonna pay consistent commissions across the board. Here's the point, to Ron, what Ron just said. We see a lot of people, and we thankfully have been able to help a lot of people who have got into this business and found a company that told them they were gonna have the highest compensation in the country. When they signed up, they were under the belief that they were going to get X commission. Then, after they wrote some business, after they got paid, they realized that it was a bit less than what they originally were told. It's important you look at your commission schedules. There is a theme in our industry right now, and I say our as in final expense, for people telling you you're going to get paid the highest comp, here's where you're starting, and then when you get in, you're 20 points less, 30 points less. Look at your commission schedule. Yeah. Take a look at that. There is... There is that also, you know, there's other organizations out
0: there that start you at very low compensation. And that's another thing to be weary of. Um, and uh, I'm kind of backtracking a little bit, Chase, but a couple of things I didn't touch on earlier that I'd like to is where you're paid from. Um, is it's a licensed only agent, Um uh, And that basically means that whoever your upline is, whoever the IMO is, if that's who you're being paid from, most likely you're in an LOA setup and they own that book of business, right? So if you get ready to pick up and go somewhere else, if you find a better opportunity, let's say you got plugged in in the beginning and were promised the highest comp in the industry, okay? Um, And then you go in and find out, talking about commission schedules, I do want to touch on, guys, if you can't get a copy of your commission schedule from the contracting department, of your upline, call the carrier, call the carrier and ask them to send it it, it, or at a minimum, just say, Hey, what is my first year commission rate on living promise? For example, mutual of Omaha, um, or, or any, any product, whatever your final expense, uh, product that you're leading with, if we're talking final expense, ask them what your first year commission level is. Okay. Um, they'll tell you. Um, but again, there, there, there are those programs out there that not only do you have really low compensation, we've talked about the highest comp, they have those that have the really low comp as well, no free leads, um, just a lot of training and support promised. Right. And, and that's what you're giving up all the points for. And that's not a good setup either. Um, but yeah, so, um, call in if you're promised the highest comp in the industry, uh, don't just believe it because you're promised it. Uh, check around. Uh, you can reach out to us uh, again. Not going to try to force recruit that recruiting down anyone's back uh, throat, but um, you know we'll be glad to tell you what's comparable and uh, be, be glad to
1: be totally transparent with you. Big big point you just made right there. Check your contracts, and Lord have mercy, I hope you're getting paid directly from the insurance companies. For the new agents, I don't understand what that means. LOA you don't own your book of business and you better have an agreement in place so that in case you upset somebody, you make somebody a little, uh, you know, you guys have a a healthy conflict or unhealthy conflict and something goes awry. We're human beings. There's going to be some arguments every once in a while, I'm sure, but just make sure your book of business is protected. Everything you write and you work your butt off for, make sure that it's something that you're in control of and not someone else. If you're LOA right now and you're getting paid by your agency or your IMO how much you invest into that moving forward needs to be thought about. I'm just going to say that because you work so hard to serve the clients that you serve. You don't want that to be taken away from you. So I'm going to go back to, as we talked about highest company industry, which is somewhat of a kind of a mirage. It's, it's all a matter of what the IMO is going to be able to offer you. The agent agency manager will, and manager will offer you. Um, I want to talk about lead programs for agents that are out there. There's a lot of people that are on below street level contracts or even street level, and they're told and left to their own to figure out how to generate leads and activity on a consistent basis. How important is a lead program to agents out in the marketplace right now to generate consistent sales? So I'm going to,
0: yeah, happy to talk about that, and I I hope to take it one step deeper as well. Um, It is, that is the lifeline. Okay. And people, you know, kind of pick and joke about being a lead junkie. Well, in the beginning of your career, you better be a lead junkie, right? Uh, you're going to need as many leads as you can get. Okay. There are organizations out there um, and not going to name drop any of them, of course, uh, but you're brought on at, you know, below, and I won't throw numbers out there, Chase. If you, if you're, if you're a hundred percent commissioner or less and you're paying full price for your leads, right? That's a good indicator that you're in a bad setup, uh, a very bad setup. Okay, um, you know, and and depending on who your upline is and and how much time and effort and energy they are they have to invest into you, there's a good possibility you should be earning more than a hundred percent first year commissions, and lead support, and getting training, and getting mentorship. Having a mentor that's available that has their phone on whenever you need them, right? Not someone you've got to chase down. Um, but but the lead program is critical, and being part of an organization um, that provides you lead support is huge. Um, many organizations out there want to give you a cold battle list or let's maybe say, oh well, here's some o- older um, leads that have been worked. Um, start with these, right? And then as you generate some income, you can reinvest and figure out a way to generate your own leads. That's not a lead program, okay? You need fresh, well, and it depends on the market. Like, you know, if we're talking telesales, which you know, that's not our primary focus. Um, but you know, I'm so I'm gonna reference face-to-face sales. You need a good direct mail lead program that is going to provide fresh direct mail leads on a consistent weekly basis basis, not something where you go jump into some big portal where it's a free for all uh, list of over a thousand direct mail leads and you just hop in there and buy up something. That's not a lead program. Right. You need an organization that's going to protect territories. Right. And what I mean by that is mail is, you know, it's done per thousand. There's a lot of cost per lead um, uh, programs out there. We have one. Uh, We can also mail per thousand, of course, um, but typically mails calculated per thousand, right? But even when you have a CPL, you want some back. Sorry, I got a little sidetrack there. Well, ADD kicking in, Chase. Uh, So uh, with you want to be part of a program that's going to provide you the consistent, fresh leads, and you do that by protecting territory. It takes X number of people in an area to mail in order to generate a, an X number of leads on a consistent basis, right? Let's say there's 20,000 mailables in Jones County um, and 20,000 based off the average rate of return is going to generate uh, 200 leads, but uh, they've got a, a good vendor or a good mail program is going to figure out that what they have to mail on a weekly basis out of those 20,000. In order, Let's say you tell the, the your upline that you want 20 leads a week um, and it takes twenty thousand mailables in an area to generate it. Well, they're going to lock down that twenty thousand for you to generate for that agent to generate uh, those twenty leads. Right. Um, so, not only being part of a program that provides leads and gives fair compensation. When I say provide, I'm not talking about free. I'm just saying they they have a program to where you can get leads. Right. Um, and and easily access to them, but not just get leads, but leads that are protected uh, for your area, not resold. Okay, and a lot of pe- people in the industry think, oh, well, I don't want, I don't want to buy leads from my from my IMO. In many situations, that's true. Um, a lot of the IMOs out there do resell leads, even some that swear they don't. Okay, um, but. You can find good organizations out there. We're not the only one. There's a lot of other good ones out there. Again, I won't name drop the good or the bad, Um, but there are a lot of good organizations out there that give you street level or higher comp, depending on your experience level, that do provide you uh, mail programs and mail options to choose from
1: or lead options to choose from. (laughs) It's just about having that transparency to know like, kind of where you should be, where you should be going. Um, That was absolutely perfect. And I know there's so much that I want to go into uh, that I want to continue to talk about. We're right at that 30-plus minute mark. So um, I guess it just gives us an excuse to come back and do it all over again. I've got about four other items, five other items for us. But we'll do it all over again here soon. I appreciate you jumping on and spending some time with us, Ron. If you're listening in right now, I'll just put the challenge out there to you. If you feel like you're lacking in an area, you just want to have maybe some support, some insight, you want to have a conversation, you can go to fsnation.com, reach out. There's multiple ways there. We have an opportunity tab where you can actually look and see, like, what is the value prop? What do we offer? If it's a good fit for you, awesome. Give us a call. We're going to hope it's a good fit for us and we'll see if it's a good fit for both. But check out that opportunity tab on fsnation.com. If you'd like to talk to Ron, We'll get you guys in touch with him. Um, that's one thing that we'll be able to offer on this podcast is if you like one of the speakers and you want to talk to him, we'll get you set up. Uh, we'll get you hooked up to where you can talk to him and, uh, and have some deep dialogue. So, Ron, appreciate you. Hope you have an awesome Friday, my man, and uh, we'll get you on sooner than later. Thanks again, Chase. I look forward to it.
0: Thanks for listening to the EFES Podcast. For more, visit efesnation.com and subscribe to the podcast catalog on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.